0: Off turn four into the checkered flag. Michigan's Brad Keselowski wins oh NASCAR's longest ever race. Oh, hell of a job. Hell of a job. So proud of this team. How do you? Welcome back to another episode of Full Tank with Phil, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and we're recording this one on Thursday afternoon before the second Charlotte race is supposed to be run. Obviously, the schedule's all out of whack with the rain delays and the restarted season, so uh, it's been tough for the recording schedule. But we wanted to get the Bristol episode up and out there, and it seemed like, You know, as of right now, there's a chance that the race tonight even might get rained out. Uh, I I think I saw the sun is out in Charlotte, but it was raining all day today. There were talks that they'd be possibly doing a double at Bristol, um, but I think they're really trying to get the race in tonight. But just those talks made me want to hop in here and and start talking about the Bristol pick. So uh, we've got a good episode coming up, but. We're going to start by recapping the coke 600 the charlotte race that we know about and talk about what happened there talk about the the fan reaction and a couple things that happened after the fact and then we'll get into bristol because it's a short track season baby everyone loves bristol the last great coliseum and we've got some people that we want to talk about drivers to win the race of course we'll talk about head-to-heads top tens, all that stuff. And then to end it, we're going to talk about the different types of ways you can bet on NASCAR, not just gambling, but with, you know, getting creative, a lot of different fantasy options out there for you and uh, free to play options. So I just want to make you aware of the different ways that you can get into the game and and make this uh, season fun for yourself as we go through. But first let's start back at Charlotte. I was hoping to have two races to dissect and go over in this episode, but because of the circumstances that we already called out, we only have one, and it's the Coke 600, longest race of the year, and a lot of uh, questions coming out of this race, I should say. Uh, Full Tank with Phil listeners probably pretty frustrated with the way that that race played out, so to lay it out there for anyone who was not paying attention, so we had called out Chase Elliott and Truex as two guys to take for the win, and both those guys were, were dominant all race long. Chase was up front towards the end, and he would have been a nice little payday for us. And then there was a caution because of William Byron with two laps to go, and the crew chief of the nine and the crew chief of the 19 called their guys in now. This can be second guess. You could play Monday morning quarterback with this all day long, but no matter what, if you had money on them or you're a fan of either of these two guys, you're going to be frustrated. When you're the leader, typically what happens is if you pit, guys are going to stay out. And if they stay out, or if you stay out, those guys are going to pit and come back and eat you alive on fresh tires. So it really is damned if you do, damned if you don't mentality. But it's easy to say, you know, For most of the race, track position meant a lot, and to pit with two laps to go from the lead and from second place, if you're Truex, it's just mind-boggling. Now, to their credit, wherever they restarted, it was further back in the field, but chasing it up second, so he did mow those guys down with his fresh tires, but it just wasn't enough to get back all the way up to the front to beat Kozlowski, who was the eventual winner, who we did not call out as uh, someone to take, so very frustrating. Frustrating overall that you know that had they had that caution anyway. I mean, what the hell is William Byron doing? This son of a bitch somehow gets me, even if I don't take him, and uh, you know so he just has it out for me somehow. But really frustrating. Um, like I said, even if you're if you're a fan of these guys or you're a gambler, it just left you really shaking your head, question marks left and right. But it's no use crying over spilt milk. It happened. Uh, but I think it did have a lasting impact on the fans because the Jeff Gluck poll of, was it a good race? Yes or no, that he does after every race. I was a little surprised to see that 49% of the votes came in that it was a good race. So that means that 51% of the people said, no, it was not a good race. And that's really low compared to Coke 600s of the past. And um, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I, I think the the races where Truex was leading for like 392 laps, I thought those were brutal. Um, same with the Bush race when he dominated. So I didn't think it was that bad, but the the fans had clearly spoken. They didn't think it was that good of a race. Um, I would have voted yes if I saw the poll when it was up. I, I didn't mind it except for the end, you know. But what are you gonna do about that? Nothing you can do. So um, interesting. That's all I wanted to call out. Now, I wish I was talking about the second race cuz I would have liked to see how that played out, but again, that's happening supposedly tonight. A Couple things that happened after the fact. Um Denny Hamlin his crew chief suspended. So, we called him out. We didn't have the winner, but we did knock a, a few shots home with our bets in the 600 and one of them was to Take Denny Hamlin to not finish in the top five, and we cashed in on that before the race even started. The 11 car was pretty much out of the race before the green flag dropped because something was up with their car and something broke, apparently, and that resulted in his crew chief and a number of other people on their team being suspended for four races. Crazy amount of races. I mean, not really sure if I remember somebody being suspended for that long um, in the, you know, recent past. But that's something to remember as we're moving forward here with these next few uh, races ahead of us. You know, you're going to have to see how Denny plays out without his crew chief. Is the guy stepping in going to have a good relationship with him, a good enough relationship to, you know, get him into victory lane or getting him up front? We'll have to see. But uh, little spoiler alert i'm not taking him to win even though he's good at bristol i'm not going to take him to win i need to see how it plays out for him so that happened and then we also saw the the truck race at charlotte play out and we had the bounty where harvick was offering cup guys uh, 50 grand in this case it was towards charity for anyone that could beat kyle bush in a truck race and chase elliott went down there and drove the 24 truck to victory lane and the truck race Got a ton of people talking about it. Had the best ratings it's had in that spot for years. FS1 was like the number one sports cable network um, for the week because of that race right there on Tuesday night. So I love the trucks. So the best part about this whole sports being suspended thing is that the sports books are offering a lot more bets now because there's not as much stuff out there. We took advantage of it, and we saw a lot of options for the trucks. Uh, so, post a, a few Instagram stories about my picks for the truck race this week on at Full Tank Fill on Instagram. So, if you want to catch some of those on the fly, be sure to hit me up on Instagram. But uh, great race, and Chase sparked or kept a little more fuel on the fire with his feud with kyle bush by doing bush's signature celebration with the bow with the flag and uh, kyle bush said afterwards that's cute so i'm here for this little rivalry i like it and i'm anxious to see if it's ever going to play out in any cup race so when you're betting on those two you'll want to keep that in the back of your mind that that could pop up and impact your bets for good or for bad moving forward so speaking of moving forward let's look ahead to Bristol. And to start, like always, we're going to dive into the track stats. And once again, and for the foreseeable future, track stats are sponsored by Sean Boy. You're looking for a little help with your analytics or your Excel spreadsheets? Well, you better hit up Sean Boy or else you're no boy of ours. Sean Boy is the best in the game at these types of things. So once again, if you need any help, Hit up Sean Boy, he's our boy. So races at Bristol, 118. So the last few racetracks we've been to, Charlotte, Darlington, and now Bristol, giving us a really good sample size to work with. And very similar to Charlotte are the numbers that we're going to see here at Bristol. So 26 times a winner has come from the poll. Last time it happened was Denny Hamlin, the last time we were here, the night race in 2019. Winners starting in the top five, 67 times, that's just over 50% of the time, and the winner starting in the top 10 was 92 times in the past. So 77% of the time, the winner is starting inside the top 10. So that is something that we're going to talk about as we pick some guys moving forward in this podcast. Now, starting outside of the top 20, a lot of times you say, you know, yeah, but it's okay if they start outside the top 20. They can work their way up. Well, it's only happened six times that a winner has started outside the top 20 and won. And the last time it happened was Kevin Harvick in 2016. So before that, it was a long time. So it's common kind of an anomaly, and we definitely want to take advantage of those stats and make sure that. You know, we are paying attention to where these guys are going to be starting before we put bets in on them officially. Uh, So keep your eyes peeled for that because those are big stats. I mean, 77% of the time starting in the top 10. that's, That's something to definitely be aware of. So let's get to some picks to win the race. Now, these, because the Charlotte second race has not gone off yet, I had to really dig deep for where we were getting these odds from, so I had to go off of one of the offshore websites, the account that I really don't use that much anymore because I'm so used to using DraftKings and FanDuel and those types of websites. Uh, But this is the only one that gave me any sort of odds for this race early. So you have to take these odds with a grain of salt, but I still think the picks are good ones. And we're going to start with Joey Logano, who's currently going off at plus 900, which is really good when we're considering Bristol. Now, I will say this site has Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin going off as the favorites at plus plus. 550 for the Bristol race right now, which are good picks. I mean, those two are definitely very strong here, and for good reason. We're actually going to talk about those two in the head to head section. But as far as our first money line pick to win the race, I'm going with Logano. Now, let's take a look at some of his stats. In the last 10 races, he has one win, four top fives, and seven top tens. And in the spring race, he's really good, four straight top tens, including two top fives in that span. So Logano likes it here, and he likes it in the spring. Driver rating, he's ninth out of all active drivers. And one of the interesting things that I looked at when it came to Logano and his stats here is average finish. Because when we're looking at all active drivers and their all-time average finish, he's not inside the top 10. But when we're looking at everybody's last 10 races here, he skyrockets to Fourth overall. His average finish in the last 10 races are, is, excuse me, 11.1. So he's fourth out of all active drivers for average finish in that time span, which is great because, as we say, you want to see these guys good here lately. And Joey Logano definitely falls into that camp. Last spring, he finished third after leading 146 laps. So again, Bristol is the type of track where you want to see people up front. They have the ability to get up there and lead because it's a tough track. The short tracks, they're they're tough to, to get around. And if you're leading 146 laps, that's telling me that you're somebody who knows what they're doing. Also, we talked about how it's very important to have a good starting position. And on average, he's starting around eighth which is perfect. It's inside the top 10. That's the formula that we're looking for. So all of that combined is drawing me towards Joey Logano. Now we take those stats and we talk about where he is right now in real life. And he started the season pretty hot. He's second in points, started the season with a couple wins. But since the restarted season, last few races, he's been kind of laying low. Now he may go out tonight in Charlotte and and win and prove me wrong there. But He's been sort of laying low, and I think that plays to our benefit as the gambler if, you know, he stays that way. And, you know, really, I think the restart season, he's only finished sixth. is his highest uh, finish. Other than that, he's been like 13th or 18th, you know, in and around that area. So if he puts out another finish like that in the second Charlotte race, I think the odds are going to be playing to our favor. Right now, plus 900, that's pretty solid maybe it even gets better for the gambler. So I think with Kozlowski just winning, Penske's gonna have a, a boost of momentum. Logano is the type of guy who doesn't really lay low for very long. So I like him to kind of jump back and say, oh yeah, by the way, my hat's in the ring here too. I'm in second in points and you know I'm a threat for the championship. Here's another win and I'll take the the win total lead so far this season. So I like Logano in this spot. Good value, good stats. Mark me down for the 22. Now, the next couple guys I actually talked about on last podcast to win, but again, we're getting good value here, and the first one is going to be Chase Elliott. Eight starts here at Bristol. Lifetime for Chase in the Cup Series. He doesn't have any wins, but he has three top fives and four top tens, so 50% of the time he's finishing in the top ten. He sat on the pole last spring, so Good spring numbers there for Elliott, and as far as driver rating is concerned, he's third out of all active drivers behind Kyle Busch and Matt Kenseth, so that's pretty damn good. You talk about average finish, Chase's average finish is 11.5. That's sixth out of all drivers in the last 10 races, so very good, and once again, he's got a good starting position average. He's in and around seventh, well inside the top 10. He has the ability to lead laps. He has led 30 laps at least in the last three races here. And in 2018, he led 112 laps. So, very good. Exactly what we're looking for, similar to what we're seeing in Logano. And in his last three races, he's got two top five finishes. So, these are the stats I'm looking for, guys. I mean, this is the type of. Driver, I mean, you take a do like a blind test, you give me these stats, I'm saying I like that guy, I don't care who it is. You pull the name card away and, and see, oh, it's Chase Elliott. That's who we're talking about. Well, now let's talk about the momentum he has. He's coming off of this truck win, which clearly has to be kind of a, a weight off of his shoulders because he's been so close. Obviously, he had the, the mess up at the Coke 600 with the pitting last two laps that was a mistake. And he's just been so close in the cup series, getting to the checkered flag first, and it just hasn't been happening. So Bristol would be a perfect place to cash in his first one of the season. I could see it now. So I like Chase in this spot. Not sure if I mentioned at the start of me mentioning Chase, but he's going off right now, according to the offshore's count at plus 700, which is good value. So Mark me down for the nine team yet again. I I took him for the 600. I got to keep getting back on that horse until he uh, leads me to water. So lock it in as soon as you can at plus 700. Chase Elliott in the nine car. The third guy I want to talk about is another guy I mentioned last week to win the race as a bit of a dark horse. And once again, he's going off at good value here. Plus 1800. Kurt Busch. People are overlooking Kurt Busch. I don't know why. Uh, Maybe it was the move to the one car a couple years ago. But for whatever reason, he's being underestimated so far this season. And I like him in this spot at Bristol. He has a win here a couple years ago, again, where people were doubting him. And and he jumps up and snags a win uh, a few races back. So looking at his stats here in his last 10 races, he has that one win, four top fives and five top tens. As far as driver rating is concerned, he's eighth out of all active drivers. And then, as far as average finish is concerned, out of all active drivers in the last ten races, he's ninth overall in that stat. His average finish in that time span is 13.4. So that's why probably he's you know a little further back uh, on the list for the odds plus 1,800. But this is an opportunity for you as the gambler to to jump on this because. He definitely is someone who can ride up front. He has, in his last three races, all top ten finishes, including two top fives. So, looking at those races, starting last night race, last uh, August, he had a ninth place finish. The race before that, he was second. And the race before that, he won. So, Kurt Busch knows what he's doing at Bristol. I think a lot of people think Kyle... When we're talking bristol but kurt is right there with him the bush brothers between the two of them won four straight races here so he and his brother know their way around the track and just great value he also has the ability to drive through the field so i was looking at his numbers here and there was a number of races where He was able to start further back in the pack and get a great finish out of it so he started 27th and finished second one race he started 25th and finished fifth started 26th and finished third and at a track like bristol where clearly we saw in the Boy track stats how hard it is for someone to win from starting further in the back he has the ability to drive through the field and that's what we're looking for in a guy in a long shot bet, kind of a flyer here. So Kurt Bush and that team, I feel like they are kind of snakes in the grass when you know the the books keep underestimating them. They're looking to jump up and, and cash in for some people. So I'm hoping to be on that train when he does. So mark me down for the one car at Bristol this coming weekend. Now the last guy I'm gonna call out to win the race on the money line is Ryan Blaney because he's going off at plus 2000 to win the race at Bristol. So, looking at his stats, 9 starts, doesn't have a win, one top 5 and four top 10. So, you may say to yourself, well that's, you know, not great. And I agree with you, but when we're talking about plus 2000, you're looking for a big payday on kind of a whim, just like we were just talking about with Kurt Busch. So, Blaney is someone that I think can possibly jump up and, and get that for you. Now, one thing that stood out to me, you kind of have to read between the lines for Blaney, because despite his bad average finish, his driver rating is 10th out of all active drivers. His driver rating is 90.5, which that's not bad. When you consider how bad his average finish is, to see that makes you you know second guess and, and give it a closer look. So since moving to the 12 car, He has three, he's been at this racetrack four times in the 12 car. And of those four races, he's got three top 10s. And it's actually the last three races. So three top 10s in a row since being in the, the 12 car. And he has the ability to lead laps. All right. Last spring, 152 laps led. The race before that, 121 laps led. The race before that, 100 laps led. So Ryan Blaney isn't getting the finishes that he deserves at this racetrack. So that is something that is like waving its arms at me saying, hey, here's an opportunity to take advantage of it and maybe cash in on a, on a big number. Because if he gets the finishes that he deserves, we could be you know rolling in the dough at the end of the race. So Ryan Blaney going off at of 2,000 to me, Worth it. Maybe a small little bet. Maybe you're someone who just wants to throw a couple bucks on it. Still, you know, you throw five bucks on it, you're walking away with the uh, over $100. So I like that altogether. together. Mark me down for the 12 car and Ryan Blaney. So just a recap, the, the four guys we're calling out to be aware of for the money line this week at Bristol, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, and Ryan Blaney. Those are the picks right now go out there and lock them in as soon as they become available to you on your book we're gonna be here all day baby i like this kind of party now it's time to take a look at some people that we like to finish in the top 10 now because it's so early and the charlotte race has not gone off yet i don't actually have odds for guys to finish in the top 10 but i'm just going to call out a couple guys who i like to do so and i think you're going to get a good value on both of these guys that I'm going to talk about here. So the first one is Matt DiBenedetto, Matty D. The reason you probably are going to get a good value on him is because he's been here 10 times and he only has two finishes in the top 10. So statistically, you're looking at that, especially if you're the the one at the books setting the odds and you're saying, all right, well, that's not great, but I like to look at the full picture. Matt DiBenedetto last year driving in that 95 car finished second. All right. And the year before that, or the race before that rather driving the 95, he finished 12th. So just missed out on the top 10 there. So I hate to do this, but I'm kind of discrediting the races before that because he was really driving some shitboxes. So really just focusing on the 95, he did well. Now looking at last year's night race, That was one to remember. If you can think back and remember that one, he was basically driving for his job. He had already been kicked out of the 95 for Christopher Bell, and he was out there trying to just win a race on a whim, and he raced his ass off. He got hunted down by Hamlin at the end and finished second. But that proved to a lot of people in NASCAR that he can get the job done at that level, and what I'm seeing is he has the ability to race under pressure at Bristol. So now, fast forward to, uh, you know, season, he's in the 21 car through Penske and the Wood Brothers. And so I would consider that, you know, equal, maybe even a, a better vehicle and giving himself an opportunity here to finish in the top 10. So the fact that he can do it, I'm kind of ignoring the, the way past stats and I'm looking at the most recent races here and I'm saying you can get a good value on this 21 car to finish in the top 10 and I'm definitely going to take it. So mark me down for Matt DiBenedetto in the top 10. The next guy I want to talk about is another Matt, Matt Kenseth. So obviously he's taking over for Kyle Larson in the 42. We've talked about that in the past. He hasn't raced here since 2017. So the, the stats are a little skewed. But if you look at driver rating out of all active drivers, he's second. So clearly this racetrack is something that stands out to him as a place that's a little easier. And uh, when I think of Matt Kenseth and Bristol, I think of the Tony Stewart helmet throw. I don't know if anybody else thinks about that, but that was uh, iconic. And, you know, Kenseth just cruising on by, takes the helmet and says, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to go go out there and keep racing. So, Kenseth, to finish in the top 10, I think you're going to get good value here because since he's come back to race for Kyle, he hasn't really blown a lot of doors away. I mean, I think he's someone that if he were to go out and finish like second in the Coke 600 or one of the Darlington races, I think a lot of people would have more eyes on him and, and be watching out for him, especially in the gambling world. But we're not really seeing that. He hasn't done that. So if you're telling me that a guy second overall in driver rating has the ability, you could bet on him to finish in the top 10 and get decent value out of it. I'm all over it. In his last six races here, he has one win, three top fives, and three top tens. So he's below the radar. I, I like it. Mark me down for both Matts, Matt Benedetto and Matt Kenseth, to finish in the top five. Now, let's talk about a, a couple other people here that we want to avoid, all right? One guy that I'm avoiding is Jimmy Johnson. Now, the reason I'm avoiding him is just because I think the value isn't going to be there for Johnson because his stats are loaded at this racetrack. I mean, he has the best average finish in the last 10 races out of all active drivers, 8.9. The thing about it is he's just not the same Jimmy. And I'm avoiding him. If I have the ability to take the Jimmy Johnson not finishing in the top five bet, I'm going to take that. Even if it's like minus 600, I think I'm still going to take it because I think that's easy money. So mark me down. Mark me down. And if he goes out and proves me wrong, I'll eat my words. But I don't think Jimmy Johnson's going to be up at the front at the end of that race on Sunday at Bristol. I think his time at Bristol has passed. He's trying his damnedest to have a good final season, but it just doesn't seem to be going the way that everybody else wants it to go. So um, I'm avoiding him this week like the plague, and we'll see what happens, see if he you know, makes me regret that. But we also want to talk about the bullseye bet. So this is the the bet where I've been throwing darts at the dartboard and betting on the guys that it lands on. So the first week it was Chris Busher and the second week it ended up being Cole Custer. We took him in the group bet and uh, it hasn't worked out either week. So this week I threw three darts at the board and said, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to avoid some people. And who did it land on? Well, I was throwing the darts pretty low because it basically touched uh, the bottom of the board. So this week, I'm avoiding Chris Busher, Austin Dillon, and Martin Truex, which I think I would have avoided anyway. We're going to talk about Truex in the head-to-head section in just a little bit. But Austin Dillon is someone who you kind of look at his stats and say, well, maybe I'll take him in the top 10. But because the bullseye bet hasn't worked out in the past, maybe it's trying to tell us, okay, these are the guys to avoid. So I'm going to do that this week, and we're going to see what happens. So Again, avoiding Johnson to finish in the top five, no matter what the odds are. And those three guys, Dylan, Busher, and Truex, we're gonna avoid them and see how it works out for us. So, um, good stuff. And I'm hoping that the value plays out for us for the Matt Kenseth and Matt DiBenedetto top 10 picks. All right, all right, all right. Next up, we have the head-to-head section where we look at matchups of two drivers and we try to choose which one is gonna come out on top. During the race, and once again, this section is sponsored by CNDT's custom clothing for any event. Looking at these guys on Instagram, CND underscore T's, they can put something together for your Fourth of July party for you, or maybe you've got a company that you're looking to give some swag out to your employees or customers, CNDT's are the ones to do that for you. They got some real quality shirts over there. So again, the letters CND underscore T's on Instagram, get yourself a shirt. So we got four matchups here in the head to head section. And we're going to start with one we advertised earlier, battle of the heavyweights here at Bristol, Kyle Bush taking on Denny Hamlin. And I love this matchup. A lot to talk about, a lot to unpack here if we want to use the corporate talk. For just a second. So they're both great here and they're both going off right now as the favorites. And I'm, you know, not sure which way I want to lead. I'm going to talk myself through this and see what happens. So let's take a look at the numbers here. Kyle Bush in the last 10 races, three wins, four top fives and five top tens, three wins. That's something that really stands out. I mean, that's why when a lot of people think of Bristol, they think of Kyle Bush. I mean, he's classic he's swept the bristol weekends here with the trucks xfinity and cup races in the past so he's someone who knows his way around the joint now look at denny hamlin he won in the night race last year one win five top fives and six top 10 so when you're talking about denny hamlin if he's going to finish in the top 10 it's probably going to be even inside the top five looking at those numbers so let's take a look at the series between these two so in 2020 in this season these guys head-to-head in these seven races, Kyle has the 4-3 advantage. But if we're looking at just Bristol, over the last nine races, because Kyle was injured, uh, because these stats are looking at the last 10, Kyle was injured in one of those races a few years back. So in the last nine, Denny actually holds the advantage over Kyle, 6-3. to three. And the only times Denny has lost were those three wins by Kyle. Very interesting to see that because i don't think of denny right off the bat when you're thinking of bristol so to to know that he dominates you know over the past decade over kyle is interesting to note. but i think i'm still going to take kyle in this matchup at bristol here this sunday for a couple different reasons one is Denny Hamlin's crew chief and the suspension that's going on there. I I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I need to see what the 11 team is going to be working with without those guys that are suspended on their team. It's not even just the crew chief. It's like three other guys too. And that's going to play a factor, I think. So you're going to have to watch how they handle that adversity. So for that reason... I'm shying away from the 11 and going towards the 18, but when you factor in everything else that's going on with Kyle, the the truck race loss which he absolutely hates to lose, those types of races, the fact that he's been in contention, he's been in conversation, there's always something going around Kyle Busch and whenever the circle of attention stays around him for too long, he ends up ripping off some some solid finishes and wins. So uh, I like Kyle in this matchup over Denny for those reasons, so mark me down for the 18. Plus, I'm always looking for an opportunity to get a good value betting on Kyle. This matchup through the, the offshore site has these guys going off at even, minus 115 right now. So uh, give me Kyle Bush all day in that matchup. I like it. Lock it in. Second matchup is a battle of Stuart Haas, guys, and it's going to be Clint Boyer taking on Eric Almirola. So these two are just battling this year. Almarola has the advantage through these seven races in twenty twenty four to three. It's strange to think that because to me we've seen Kurt, or excuse me, we've seen Clint up front more recently, and I can't remember really focusing on Almarola at least since the season restarted. I mean, the the first half of the season seems like you know five years ago, but Clint has been definitely a part of the race and the way it's been playing out for the, the first three races since the restarted season. So it's strange to me to know that Almirola has the 4-3 lead there. For looking at Bristol, though, it's a whole different ballgame. So Clint Boyer has two top fives and seven top tens. He's led 144 laps here in the last 10 races. Let's look at Almarola. One top 10 finish, two laps led. Okay, those numbers speak for themselves. Now, when we talk about these two head-to-head at the last great Coliseum, it's all Clint Boyer, 8-2 to in the last 10 races here. These guys head-to-head, Clint dominating. So I'm going to go with the 14 team and Clint Boyer over the 10 and Eric Almirola in this matchup. I like it. I think those numbers don't lie. So lock it in, Clint over Almirola third matchup is another joe gibbs so we're talking about all four joe gibbs cars this that was an accident uh but i like this matchup because it's a good talking point we're talking about eric jones versus martin truex jr now at surface level you hear those two names in a matchup and you think to yourself well martin truex all day every day he's the past champion he's the veteran he's the man M-T-J all day. But that's not necessarily the case. And for just looking at 2020, for example, Jones actually has the lead in the head-to-head matchup for uh, going against Truex, 4-3, which is shocking to start with. But when we're looking at Bristol, so Jones has only been here six times, and it's 3-3 at Bristol. So Jones has two top fives and Obviously, that would mean two top 10s in six starts at Bristol. Truex has one top 10 in his last 10 races. His average finish is 21.3. He is not a short track guy. For the longest time, he he was winless on a short track. He finally got that, you know, a couple years ago. But Bristol just, this is not his bag. So I'm going to go with Eric Jones for that reason. I want to try to take advantage of that because... This has Truex going off as the favorite, minus 143 to Jones' plus 100. That is absolutely ridiculous. And come Sunday, I believe that those numbers would be altered. But for now, I mean, you have to look at this matchup. If the, the odds were flipped, minus 143 to Jones's benefit, I still would take Jones all day. Because I think Truex just isn't good here. And um, mark me down. I want the 20 car over the 19 in this matchup. He's just not a short track guy. Prove me wrong, Martin. You're just not a short track guy. So Jones is the one in this matchup. Now to finish off the head to head section, I just want to call out two rookies. So Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell going head to head. Had to dig a little deep for these stats because of course they're rookies. And we don't have anything to look at in the Cup Series. So we went back to their Xfinity stats. And these guys have actually won between the two of them the last two races in the Xfinity Series. So Reddick won the last one. And Christopher Bell won the one before that. So that's interesting. And in the last four races, head-to-head in the Xfinity Series, they're 2-2. to So they each have two wins against each other. So it's a great matchup. They're both going off at minus 115 Just head-to-head, phenomenal stuff. You love to see it. So because the numbers really aren't telling us anything one way or the other, I then have to look at what's been going on the racetrack this year. And it's been Tyler Reddick. I mean, he has been the guy. He's got the 4-3 lead head-to-head against Christopher Bell in the races in 2020. But look at the standings. Reddick is currently sitting in a playoff spot. He's 16th overall in the standings right now compared to Christopher Bell's 29th. Reddick since the season has restarted has been all over the television broadcast. They're just swooning over him. I mean, he non-stop, and I love seeing the 8 car doing well. So there's a little feather in the cap there. I like it for that team, RCR, because they are just desperate for someone to you know, take the reins. Austin Dillon's not getting it done. And to have someone like Reddick come in and perform like they have been is just a breath of fresh air. They are going to start really throwing more of the attention probably towards the eight car. Meanwhile, on the other side, the 95, I mean, he's in a satellite team, the 95, Joe Gibbs, obviously a huge name, some of the best drivers some of the best team in the game, but he's on the outside looking in, in that camp. You know what I mean? And when you're Redick and you're performing well and there's only a two-car shop and you're getting most of the attention, I'm going to go in this head-to-head matchup right here, right now, I'm going to go with the eight in Tyler Redick over Christopher Bell. We'll see what happens this weekend at Bristol. That may change the, the course of the season, but I think it's just going to be more par for the course. I think Redick's going to go out there and perform well here. Um, he has the hot hand. In the Cup Series, he won here last time he was here for Xfinity, so mark me down. Tyler Reddick is going to finish off my head-to-head section. So just to recap, I'm going with Kyle Busch over Denny Hamlin, Clint Boyer over Eric Almirola, Eric Jones over Martin Truex, and Tyler Reddick over Christopher Bell. So in this last segment that we typically call Phil's Fired Up, I just wanted to talk about the number of different ways that you can get some action in on NASCAR. Because maybe you're listening to this because you're a fan of the sport, but you're not really that hardcore gambler. You don't really have a, a book that you utilize and you're still looking to to have something on the race, but you don't really feel comfortable yet throwing something down on the money line or one of these head-to-heads that we're talking about, and you feel a little out of your element still at this point. So hopefully down the line, you you might want to dip your toe into that game. But for now, I just wanted to call out a couple other options that you have at this point in time in NASCAR, because there are starting to become more and more things, which is great because, as they say, a rising tide floats all boats, I think is what they say. And so if you're, you know, getting involved in any of these things, it's great because it keeps your eyes on the races and you're you're starting to get a little bit more comfortable with the action. So I want to start by just talking about the typical NASCAR fantasy option out there. You can jump into a league even if you haven't started a team yet. You can start a a new league with your friends if you have people that would get into that with you, or I still think that each week you could jump into a a fresh league. So you could create a team and jump in um, to a a league that already started, but you're going to be well behind. So you'd want to try to find one that's going to be starting up this week. And this is your typical fantasy option where you're picking five guys each week and you only have a certain amount of starts that you can have for those drivers and the, the max is usually 10. And so, for example, you know, my drivers at Bristol are going to be Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and I haven't decided on the fifth one yet, but you could go all out is what I'm trying to say. You can load up all your guys that you like. The thing is, the more you use guys early on, you're not going to be able to use them towards the end of the year. So you accumulate points and the people with the, the highest score, do better, and it's an aggregate thing as the year goes on. So very simple, very simplistic. It's actually free to play, and you'd only really win money if you've got some side bets going on with your friends or people in the league. Um, So very easy to to get into, especially if you're new to the, the whole element. So I would recommend that to definitely get your feet wet. Another thing that is through NASCAR is something called the Finish Line app. And this is definitely more towards the gambling side of things, but it's free to play. And I think we've talked about this on an episode in the past, but this is just straight up prop bets. They're giving you these group bets and you're selecting out of a group of drivers, like four, five, six drivers, who's going to finish the best out of these guys. And it brings you through the whole field. So you're essentially picking like six guys. And the thing that makes... So you see that and you're like, oh, wow, well, that's pretty easy to do. But the thing that makes it hard is that you have to do all that and hit, and then also select the winner and the second place driver. And if you get a perfect score, you win 50 grand. So it's very easy to play. It's free to play. And it's definitely slanted more towards the prop bet realm. And it's getting a little bit more comfortable in how to do that and, and how to kind of bet on that and research it to, to make your picks. So I like that as well. It's something very easy to do when you're bored throughout the week. Um, and you can win 50 grand. So what the hell? The the other thing that I would bring up would be the daily fantasy stuff. So this is actually gambling. You're going to be putting in your money. Um, it's not free to play. And You'd use like DraftKings or FanDuel. I prefer Fan. Uh, excuse me. I prefer DraftKings honestly. But for this, you're selecting drivers within a budget. So you get like 50 grand, and each driver's worth a certain amount of money. So you can't like the fantasy that we talked about a second ago. You can't just load up on the best drivers because you'll run out of money. So you'll have to you know kind of stagger your picks. Pick a guy like maybe a Tyler Reddick, like we talked about, who may be less money but good value. You're, you're really looking for those value picks. So it really is taking into consideration what we're talking about on this podcast and try to, you know, utilize those picks successfully. And the thing that I like about the Daily Fantasy stuff is you can kind of tailor it the way you like it. So I know people that jump into um, games that are like 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, and there's a, a ton of people in it. And you know the top ten people get paid out. That's great if that's up your alley. I prefer actually playing someone head to head because it's very simplistic. It's just you versus them, and you could play for really any amount of money that you want. I see some people playing for two bucks, and I see that there's a couple people playing for like twenty five thousand um, dollars. So it's really a huge range. And if you're really um, maybe trying to get a, a step above the the free stuff the daily fantasy stuff is definitely the way to go. This again, is if you're really not comfortable enough to to start making the picks on the money line and the the head to head stuff. So again, you got the fantasy option through NASCAR, the finish line app and the daily fantasy stuff all available. I would definitely recommend getting into that because it keeps the races interesting for you. Even when they're not, people didn't like the Coke 600 because they thought it was boring or whatnot. These things keep it interesting for you. So, um, give it a look and let me know how it is at full tank Phil on Instagram. Let me know. I'm anxious to hear it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of full tank with Phil. We'll be getting back to a regular cadence once the NASCAR schedule gets back on track. But for now, we've got the Bristol episode here. Go out cash in i'm feeling really good about these picks and looking forward to the rest of the schedule It's starting to form up so we've got martinsville on the horizon we've got talladega on the horizon so you're going to want to cash in at bristol to build up a bank so we can really hit those races hard so thanks for listening remember drive fast and take chances and we will see you next time